appreciated that. Good to have you here today. And uh, on this first Sunday back to two services, great, uh, great turnout the, for the first service and for the second one. I want to welcome you here. If you're visiting today, um, welcome. Glad that you're able to be here. Today, we begin a brand new series called The Blessing. And as you saw from that video clip that we just saw, there's uh, probably uh, a lot of ignorance, maybe even confusion, and certainly uh, a lot of, um, uh, how should we call it, Uh, stupidity when it comes to the knowledge of what the blessing is all about. People just don't know. They know it's a good thing. They know that uh, they want it, but they really can't articulate what it is. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to begin by just talking about what the blessing is, in fact. And um, over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about the blessing. We'll talk about how to bless our kids. We're going to talk about how to bless Israel, because the Bible tells us to do that. How many know that we're supposed to bless Israel? Anybody know that? Um, We've got a special treat for you in a few weeks. Rebecca Bremer from Bridges for Peace is going to be here with with us for for both services, so you'll want to be here for that. Um, We'll be talking about how we can bless God. A lot of people don't know that that, uh, we are called to bless God, even as God blesses us. And I'm going to talk about how we can bless ourselves if you know what the Bible says from Genesis to Revelation, you, you recognize that the Bible gives much instruction about how to receive the blessing of God in our lives. Many of us are ignorant of that. Today, we want to begin a process of educating ourselves as to what the blessing is really all about. Now, I want to say this about the blessing. It is... The, the most ancient aspect of our faith. A lot of people don't realize that. We read in Genesis, uh, at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve were created, it says that God blessed them and, and, and told them to go forth and multi- be fruitful and multiply. The very first, the very first religious uh, action, if you will, is this, is this blessing that God gives to uh, Adam and Eve. And we find this throughout the course of the Scripture. But somehow, some way, we have forgotten what the blessing is all about. We have forgotten the importance of the blessing. And for most of us, we know it's a good thing, but we really can't articulate what it is. And so today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what the blessing is. And I want to talk about the importance of blessing one another. Let's go back for a moment and look at the Old Testament. We find God blessing Adam and Eve. Go forth and multiply, bless them. It, it says uh, that Noah, when they came off the ark, God blessed them and basically said the same thing, go forth, be fruitful, multiply. Uh, God blessed Abraham. And many of us are familiar with that passage of Scripture where it says that God blessed Abraham. And in fact, uh, God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Esau and Jacob, two brothers, Esau the elder brother, the one that was entitled to his father's blessing, uh, was careless with his blessing. He didn't really understand the importance of it. In fact, he, he didn't care about it at all and sold it to his brother for a meal, if you can believe it. And when a time came for, for him to be blessed, uh, Jacob had actually stolen the blessing 
At least that's the words that Esau used, but in fact Esau sold it for, for just a, a plate of food. Uh, Esau was extremely upset, and he says to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me to my father. Then Esau wept aloud. The fact that Esau did not get the blessing from his father caused him to weep and caused him to be very bitter. It caused him to threaten his brother, to tell his brother he was going to kill him as soon as he got a chance. It tells you how important the blessing is. The fact of the matter is, is that many of us don't know what it is. We're pretty ignorant of it. And so we hope to clear that up in the days to come. Now, I'm going to just um, draw your attention to a passage of Scripture that uh, somehow I have uh, overlooked. I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that. But the very last thing that Jesus did before he left this earth was to bless his disciples. Now, if you'd asked me that question, what was, the last, what was the last thing Jesus did before he left the earth? I would have said, well, Jesus gave instructions to go and be uh, witnesses. Jesus gave instructions to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But that was not the last thing Jesus did before he left this earth. The very last thing that Jesus does is he blesses his disciples. Look, let's look at that passage of Scripture. In Luke 24, 50 to 51, and it says this. Maybe just, just follow along. When he had led them out to the vicinity, vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. That was the very last thing that Jesus did before going into heaven. Now, I just want us to stop for a moment and think about this. What is, what is this blessing? And... How is it that this is the last thing that Jesus does? Jesus does not administer communion as the last act before going into heaven. He doesn't call together and have a prayer meeting. He doesn't have everybody hold hands. There's uh, nobody singing any songs. The very last thing that Jesus does is he pronounces upon them a blessing. And my question for us today is why? Why is this the last thing that Jesus does? And I'll tell you. Now, let's, let's stop and think for a moment. Jesus has just spent three years with his disciples. He has literally traveled throughout the countryside preaching the gospel. He has shared, uh, shared with his disciples what it means to be in the kingdom, to be part of the kingdom of God. He's done these incredible miracles. He's raised people from the dead. He's, he's multiplied the loaves and the fishes. He's fed the 5,000. He's, uh, uh, he's, he's healed the blind, the lame. There are all kinds of fantastic miracles. And the disciples are sure that Jesus is going to, is going to rise up and be the new, the new conqueror, the new leader of Israel. And then their hopes are dashed to pieces as Jesus goes to the cross, is crucified. They're scratching their heads. They can't figure out what's going on. They're, they're without hope. They're hopeless. They feel that the whole thing was just for nothing. In fact, the Bible says the disciples went and ran and, and hid. They weren't even there with Jesus when he was crucified because they just, they were frightened, they were scared, they were disillusioned. And then suddenly Jesus, he's buried and then he's resurrected from the dead and he appears to them. And their hope is renewed. Their hope is restored. And he spends some time with them and he eats with them. And they're thinking, well, maybe, maybe, maybe our dreams are going to come true. Maybe it's all going to work out. Maybe it's all going to be okay. And then Jesus says, 
It's been nice being with you guys, but I'm going up to heaven now. And once again, they're like, what? We, we, we lost you and we got you back and now you're never going to lose you again? And Jesus says, it's good that I go away. Because when I go away, I will send to you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And then it says, just before he left, leaves the earth, that he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. I was wondering what, what would be the blessing that Jesus would have pronounced upon them. Well, folks, I believe that Jesus would have pronounced upon them the priestly blessing, the blessing that God commanded Moses to command the, the priest to pronounce upon the people. And here is that priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and grant you peace. That was the blessing, I believe, that Jesus pronounced upon his disciples. What is, what is Jesus saying to his disciples? You know what? It seems like a dark hour right now, me leaving you and all. It seems hopeless. It seems that, you know, you, you, just, you just got your hope back and now it's being dashed to pieces. It seems as though it's a dark hour, but in fact, it's a good hour because here's what you need to know. The Lord is with you. And because the Lord is with you, you have his favor. Folks, this is what the blessing is. The blessing is a reminder that God is with you. That God loves you. And secondly, that you have his favor. Now today, you may be here with your own set of problems. Your hopes have been dashed to pieces. You, you feel as though, you know, you, 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 your dreams have been shattered. It seems, like, it seems like, you know, God, where are you? Don't you care about me? How could you let these things happen to me? Things are not maybe good in your family, maybe not good in your marriage, at work, your finances. Maybe health-wise, you're, you're in my condition. And you think, God, where are you? Do you really care about me? And it's at that hour, in that moment, that we need to hear God's blessing. We need to hear God's, God's people remind us that God, that I belong to God, that God is with me, and therefore, I have God's favor. Now, can I just remind everybody of something today? This is what the church is all about. Did you know that? This is the place where you come with all of your cares and your concerns and your problems and your difficulties, with all, your, all the dreams that are shattered and all the, all the hopes that seemed, seemed to be washed up. This is the place where you come and you are reminded that God loves you, that God has not forsaken you, and that you have God's favor. See, we have this wrong understanding. We think that if we become Christians, we're never going to ever have a problem. But there's nothing in the Bible that says this. Can I remind everybody that we are not in heaven yet? Hello? We are not in heaven yet. If we were in heaven, I wouldn't have broken my foot. If we were in heaven, there wouldn't have been a step into the men's room. That I didn't know about. That's what happened. I've been through floods, went up the mountain in the Philippines. 
We, we, were, we were over some incredible terrain. I mean, I was walking through water up to my knees, and, and I felt my foot go into a hole. And, I mean, I never fell. I'm thanking God. You know, God, you've kept me. You've taken such good care of me. We went through incredible, incredible circumstances. And then I go to the Mall of Asia. Not the Mall of America, the Mall of Asia. It's like the Mall of America. I think only maybe bigger. And, you know, I was always one of those people who always laughed at, at all those warnings about, you know, watch your step, there's another step, there's flashing lights. You know, go to the airport and there's a voice that comes on as you're on that treadmill, and as you're getting off, watch your step. And I was one of those people who used to laugh at them. Now I don't. <laughs> I'm walking into the men's room. I did not know that there was a step down into the men's room. And... Uh, uh, I mean, it's not even glamorous. You know, can you imagine I broke my leg doing the will of God and, and in the fledged, flooded streets of Manila? I'm in the mall going to the men's room. Oh, how unglamorous is that? I slipped, I fell. And uh, some people might think, you know, yeah, well, where is God? I mean, you go give God four weeks of your life and that's how God treats you. Can I remind everybody of something? Me slipping in the men's room, me losing my balance, is not God's fault. Can I just remind everybody of that? That problem that you're going through, that struggle that you're experiencing right now, that's not God's fault. Can I just remind everybody of that? It's called living on planet Earth. Hello? You and I need to be reminded... That in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the difficulties and the problems that God is there. And I'm going to tell you something. I felt, after I, after I had my little fall in the Philippines, I felt God's presence like I hadn't felt in the four weeks before. And I'm going to tell you, we saw God do some pretty amazing things in Burundi and the Philippines. But in those last hours, the night before I'm scheduled to come back to Canada, I break my leg. And I begin to experience the presence of God and the blessing of God unlike anything I've ever known before. I'm going to tell you, when I scheduled this, this series called The Blessing, this is before I ever broke my leg. But I'm going to tell you, I can testify. It's not just a theory with me. It's something I'm living and I'm experiencing moment by moment. I'm experiencing the blessing of God in my life in the midst of of a broken leg in the midst of a sprained leg. Can you believe that? I sprain this one and I break that one. I've never broken a bone in my body. And then look at the size of me, big bone guy. I'm not supposed to break my bones. But here's what I do know. I do know that God is there. He was there in the person of Poston. Poston was with me. He was, he was sent by his parents to escort me. He's my bodyguard at that moment. I slept. He was there to pick up my books. I wasn't going to go shopping. I was going to do spiritual things. I was going to read my Bible. I would let the others do the unspiritual thing, go shopping at the Mall of Asia. I was going to go, go to the men's room and then go and sit at Starbucks with my Bible and my books and write in my journal. And bam, I have this fall. Pawson's there to help me. He gets, has a presence of mind, go get ice. Put some ice packs on my on my ankles. His brother comes along, picks up where Poston left off. Poston's searching the mall of Asia, trying to find find somebody from our team to help. Then Al comes along, and and she's not asking my opinion. 
what to do next. You are going to go to the clinic. No, I, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn guy, right? Judy, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're going. We don't care what you say. And off we go. Off to the clinic. And then I'll, I didn't hear the conversation, but I got the gist of it. Mall of Asia, you are going to take care of this man. You are going to pay all his medical bills, and you're going to get him to the hospital. So we got the, we've got one of the people of Mall of Asia escorting us to the hospital. I got, I've got x-rays, which I've got at home. I'll bring them on the night of the 26th. You can see my x-rays. And I was making it very clear that they're going to pay for any expenses related to this break, and they're going to pay for some painkillers for me. They put me in a cast. I'm taken home. I'm well taken care of. I'm surrounded by God's people who remind me that they love me and that they care about me, that God is with me, and that I have God's favor. Now, I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart today because I know that there are some here today, maybe many, who at this very moment are really struggling and really feeling as though God has forsaken you. I want you to know today, God loves you. He has not forsaken you, and you have his favor. That in the midst of whatever it is that you're struggling with, you're not alone. Now here's the thing. You and I, our job as believers is to remind each other that God is with us and we have his favor. That's our job. Our job is to bless one another. That's the whole point of the church. This is why we tell you, come to church so that we can bless you. And so that you can be a blessing to others. That's why it says in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as some are the habit of doing. But rather, what do what? Spur one another on to love and good deeds. To remind each other that you are not forsaken, that God is on your side. I know, I know the devil is a, is a really, really nasty, vicious enemy because he'll do anything in his power to make you think that the struggle you're going through right now is because you are a bad person and God hates you. That's, this is what Satan does. The, 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 Satan, his name means accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. What he wants to do is he wants to discourage you and think, make you think God hates you. And this is why God tells the, the ancient priests of Israel to bless the people so that they would never forget that they belong to God. In fact, it says in verse 27 of Numbers chapter 6, Bless the people so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. In other words, it's a constant reminder that we belong to God. I can tell you, in the moment that, from the moment that I broke my leg, I knew that I knew that I knew that I belonged to the family of God because I was surrounded by such love. I was surrounded by people who cared for me. When we went to, went to Burundi... Saturday, that Saturday afternoon, there's people from this church who came to say farewell to us, to wish us God's best. What did they do? They came to bless us, actually. They came to give us God's blessing and to tell us as we're on our way, God is with you and you have God's blessing. I want to say thank you to those who took the time to do that. This is what we do for each other. We bless each other. We remind each other that God is with us and we have his favor. We're not alone. And then when I came home, 
on that, on that uh, Tuesday. It was Tuesday at 1 o'clock or 1.15 a.m. in the morning. I was so shocked that there were people there to greet us at the airport. And I was really shocked that there was Al. And she, I, I was shocked. There was Al who, who made sure it was well taken care of in the Philippines along with, with the boy, with the boy, I was going to call it, with the Davis. But there she was at the airport to greet us as we came home, giving God's blessing. She didn't use these words, but in essence, what she's saying is God is with you and you have God's favor, Pastor. And I gave her a hug. I said, thank you. You have no idea what that means to me. Listen, this is what we do for each other. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you blessed the people around you? See, most of us are, are, are so self-centered that we don't ever think of blessing others. We want, to be, we want to get the blessing. But Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Listen to me. If you want to know the joy of the Christian life, then the very first thing that you've got to start doing is learn how to bless the people in your life. You need to start telling the people in your life, God loves you. I love you. You're precious to me. You're special to me. I'm proud of you. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to bless each other in the family, in the context of the family, how to bless our kids, how to bless our spouse. What do we do? We tell each other, we're special. You're important. Those people took the time to come and greet me as I came home at 1 o'clock in the morning. They told me that I was important. Now, I know that... I mean, some of you said, well, I would have been there if you told me you were coming home. I'm not, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on anybody here, okay? I'm trying to help you understand the importance of showing up for one another. The importance of telling one another that, that you're special, that you're important, that you're precious to God, that God loves you, that God has not forgotten about you. When I got home there I was, stubborn as ever. Nobody's, I can take care of myself. I'm so used to taking care of myself. I had a hard time letting anybody, you know, letting anybody in. Janet, I called Janet Chow. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, my time, on, the, on the, uh, the morning that I was supposed to leave. And I said, look, Janet, I cannot get back on economy with my legs down for for." For thir- it was 24 hours from the time I leave Manila to get to Winnipeg. She said, don't, take, don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. And then Denny Chow said, you know what we need to do is we need to take up a love offering for the pastor. I want to say thank you. Thank you for those of you who were able to give and make it possible, possible for me to fly home first class. First time I ever did that. I was able to actually lie down and keep my feet up the whole time. I can tell you that just putting my foot down for one for for just an hour, I'm ready. I'm ready to pull the hair out of my head because of the pain. But you, you as my family said, we want to bless you, Pastor, and you blessed me, and I I felt the the presence of God, and I said, God, thank you. You see, here's the thing: when you bless people, when you show God's love to people. You cause people to praise your Father in heaven. You begin, you cause people to recognize God's help and God's love. That's what we did in the Philippines. That's, that's what we did for two weeks. We went to people who were afflicted by the flood. We went to them and we brought to them uh, a, a little uh, care package, some food, some rice. And then we shared with them the love of God. It's an experience that absolutely changed my life. 
I was all fretting and worrying about what I was going to say and how was what, what they wanted. And the pastor there just said, look, just tell them you love them. Just tell them you care. And I was like, I have to prepare a sermon and make sure there's, my points are right. I just put my computer aside, put everything aside, and just shared with them God's love. And I watched one by one, people, tears streaming down their cheeks, said, thank you. Thank you for coming to us in our hour of need. Thank you for coming to us and telling us that you love us. Thank you for not forgetting about us. I look into their eyes. I smile at them. And I hand them a package and say, God bless you. God has not forsaken you. You're not alone and you have God's favor. And all these people I don't know, they're hugging me, they're kissing me, they're thanking, thanking me, they're telling me how much they appreciate me. I'm going to tell you, in, in going to bless these people, guess who was blessed? I was blessed. I was the one that received the blessing. Folks, this is what church is about. This is what the faith is about. And it's an element that seems to be missing in Christianity in North America. We've become so distant from each other, and we keep everybody at arm's length. And, you know, I'm going to come to church, but I'm not talking to anybody. I'm going to do my, you know, do my thing and get out of here. Do you understand today that we are a group of people who are in relationship with one another because of Jesus? Do you understand that? I've got people here that I call my brothers and sisters in Christ because of Jesus. Many of you, well, most of you, I would not know are not for Christ. My folks, my friends, listen to me. This is, this is the beauty, this is the wonder of the church, of the body of Christ. It's that we are people who come together to encourage one another and to remind each other that God is with us and that we have his favor. Folks, that's precisely what Jesus did with the disciples as he was leaving this earth. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. He reminded them that God was with them and that they had God's favor. Do you know that today? God loves you. God is with you. And you have his favor. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the devil says. But what you need to know today is that God loves you and that you, you have his favor. You need to take that message now and share it with others. You need to tell others about the blessing that you've received. And here's what I do know. Look at the next verse. After Jesus blessed them, it says that Maybe read this with me. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Can you read that again? Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Here's what I know. Is that those who receive the blessing, those who are reminded that God is with you and that you have God's favor, you're the joyful people. You're the happy ones. Does anybody know Leonard McGale? He comes to the first service. But he's been here... Uh, in our church now, uh, from the day we came into this new building. And every time you greet him, he has, he, he, here's what he'll say to you. He'll say, God bless you. God bless you. You know, at first I thought, well, that's kind of cute. And then I thought, and then, and then I came to the place where I really, really appreciated the reminder that God is with me. 
and that I have his favor. How, how do you greet one another? What, when you see somebody at work, what comes out of your mouth? What do you say to your how, how do you talk to your kids? How do you talk to your spouse? How do you talk to your neighbor? You see, we are the people who have been blessed by God, and we are supposed to be agents of his blessing. We're the, supposed to be the ones who are going now to bless others. Do you know that a simple please is a form of blessing? When we were growing up, I would ask for something. My mother would say, what's the magic word? Please. Ah, very good. So your mother said the same thing to you. Please. What is that? We're just simply saying, if it please you. If it please you to bless me with another cookie. I would be most grateful. We've, we don't use that word anymore. It's, we're, we're raising children with bad manners. Anybody agree with me on this one? It's too bad. But can I just remind everybody that did you know that our manners, our good manners, are actually rooted in this Old Testament concept of blessing? Did you know that? The Jewish people, how do they greet each other? They greet each other with the word shalom. What does that mean? It means God's blessing be upon you. His peace be upon you. May wholeness be upon you. Does anybody know what the word hello means? When you say hello, what you're saying is may you be whole. W-H-O-L-E, not H-O-L-E. May you be whole. May you be complete. May you know God's blessing upon your life. We don't even know that anymore. When we say goodbye, what are we saying? We're saying, God be with you on your journey. And so that's what we experienced. Those folks who came to see us off to Burundi and to the Philippines. God be with you. May God's blessing be upon you. And when we, when we welcome people, we say, God be with you. God's blessing be upon you. Shalom. This is... This is the, the ancient Jewish practice, this practice of blessing each other. Has anybody seen The Fiddler on the Roof? It's a movie that's all about the Jewish way of life, the Jewish custom. And what do we discover? That the Jewish way of life is all about blessing, right? When, the, when, 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 uh, when they sit down for the Shabbat meal, the mother has everybody stand. She lights the Shabbat candles. She... she does the prayer, and she what? She invokes the blessing of God upon the family. And then the mother and the father, what do they do? They bless the children. And they do this every Friday night, year in, year out, and they've done it for thousands of years. We'll be talking about how to bless our children next week. The blessing is part of that of the Jewish Jewish faith. And then when, when Tevye's daughter is engaged, and there's a blessing for him and a blessing for her and a blessing upon the, the groom-to-be. And when the, when, the, uh, when the eldest daughter's son finally gets uh, a sewing machine for his business, they invite the rabbi in to do what? To bless the sewing machine. And the question is, is there a blessing for a sewing machine? There's got to be a blessing for the sewing machine. And there's a blessing for the sewing machine. And the question is, is there a blessing for the czar who actually hated the Jews and persecuted them? And the rabbi says, may God bless and keep the czar far away from us. (laughs) I love that. There's a blessing. Listen to me. We, 
we have our roots in Judaism. Do you understand that? And we are supposed to be a people who continue the practice of blessing one another, of reminding people that God is with us and he favors us. This is what we do, people. And this is what I want us as a church to become known for. We greet each other. On every Sunday morning, we ask you to shake hands with each other. What we're hoping you'll do is, is, is greet one another and hopefully bless each other. The ancient church, if you go back in church history, you'll discover that there is an actual practice called passing the peace. Not, not piece of cake, but peace, P-E-A-C-E. Pass the peace. Bless each other. Shalom. God is with you and he favors you. You're not alone. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. I'm there for you. This is what we do. In fact, if you read, if you actually read through the New Testament, you'll discover that this was the actual practice of the early believers. They're constantly blessing each other. The Apostle Paul, in all of his letters in the New Testament, how does he start the letter? He starts the letter with a blessing. May God's grace and peace be with you. Shalom. In fact, four times, at least four times, the early believers are instructed to greet each other with a holy kiss. We don't do that here so much anymore. Dennis, come here. No, no, go on. Listen, listen. We are a company of people who've been blessed by God and our calling by God is to bless one another. Because life is hard. Because we're not in heaven yet. Anybody know we're not in heaven yet? We're not in heaven yet. But until we get there, we are to remind each other that we're, we're going to a better place. When I was in Greece... There was a, a little Greek pastor came by the offices, and uh, Andy didn't warn me about this guy, but he walks in, struts in there, comes up to Andy, and takes Andy and kisses him on each cheek. And then he starts making his way towards me, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And he's coming at me. And he reaches out and he kisses me on each cheek. And he says, greetings in Jesus' name. And you know what? I liked it. <laughs> Why? Because it was a sacred and a holy moment where I was reminded that I belong to a sacred family. This man, I've never met him in my life. I've never seen him before. I don't know who he is. I don't even know what his name is. But I know he is my brother. I know that he and I have the same Savior. I know that he and I have both been purchased by the blood of Christ. I know that both of us belong to Christ. And my heart was filled with joy and thanksgiving. I thought, man, this is great. I think I should start doing this, start kissing everybody. But... I found out people don't like that. (laughs) Listen to me. This is who we are. We're a people that celebrate the fact that God is with us. We're a people who celebrate that God has given us his favor. We're called by his name. 
Does anybody know what a Christian is? We're called by the name of Christ, a Christian. That's what it is. Winnipegger, Christian. We're called by the name of Jesus. And because we're called by the name of Jesus, it means we have the blessing. Every blessing that Jesus has is ours. And your job and my job is to remind each other of that. Your job and my job is to go and spread that good news with people who are lonely, broken, hurting, and sad. I've been just overwhelmed by the kindness that's been shown to me. I've had, I've had fruit sent by, cards, emails, phone calls. My brother Dave here, as soon as he heard that I broke my leg, he came over with some material in a knapsack like Superman. And he comes over and he says, stick with your leg. And he put on a temporary cast for me. He's on holidays, but he took the time to do that for me. And instantly I felt, a, I felt the pressure go away. And then he got me in to, to get a cast put on. And the cast was put on and it, it, uh, it felt good at first, but, but by supper time, I thought they're gonna. I was ready to, to gnaw my leg off. It hurt so bad. And he came by at seven o'clock the next morning, took me in, and put a brand new cast on with his own hands in his own time. And he washed my foot. He washed my leg. And he said, "Jesus is the one who showed me how to do this." I was blessed. Blessed beyond measure. Because I belong to a family of people who have been blessed by God. Who are not afraid to share that good news and share that blessing with one another. When's the last time you blessed the people in your life? When's the last time you told your, your spouse how much you love her or love him? Don't you say, love ya? L-U-V-Y-A. We have a hard time saying I love you, don't we? L-O-V-E. When's the last time you said, I really love you? When's the last time you looked your kids in the eyes and said, you know, you mean so much to me. I'm so proud of you. You're so precious to me. You see, because, because of what Jesus has done for you, you can do that. Because you've been set free of your selfishness, your selfish nature, you can reach out to others and you can love them and tell, them, tell others how, how precious they are. That's what we do. That's what we're supposed to be known for. We're supposed to be known for the blessing. It'd be a different world if we all learned how to really bless each other. I'm surprised at how many people don't really care about people who are in casts or in wheelchairs. But people, they did just, I was waiting in line with a cast on and crutches, someone cut in front of me, and I'm thinking, really? Don't you care? We're so self-centered. God's called us to do the other thing. God's called us to tell people how much we care. How much we love them. When's the last time somebody did something good for you and you said thank you? Do you know that saying thank you is a form of blessing? 
One of the things I say to my kids, as long as you say thank you, you can pretty much get anything you want because I love it when you say thank you. My grandmother used to have just conniptions. She'd give us something and nobody said thank you. I thought that she was, you know, being a little bit crotchety, but now I get it. Because when a person gives of the kindness of their heart and someone turns around and says thank you, what you're doing is you're throwing the blessing right back at them. You're saying, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you've done for me. You're special to me. I'm thankful for your life. And it shouldn't surprise us because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. When's the last time you said please? When's the last time you said, I appreciate you. I'm thankful for your life. I'm thankful for you. What you've done for me means a lot to me. Folks, this is the blessing. This is what we do. Because it reflects who God is. I, um, I was uh, profoundly changed in, in Burundi and then in Manila. And you're going to hear more about this in the days to come. But to be able to go and in Jesus' name bless others and watch what happens in the lives of others. To see a light go on in someone's eyes. To see a smile come to their face. To see tears fill, fill their eyes. There is no greater experience in all the world. And the thing is this, is that you and I can have this every single day. You and I can experience the joy of blessing others. If only we'd be willing to say, God, I'm willing to forget about myself and I'm willing to think of others. Would you stand with me, please? Father, you have been so good to us. And we're tempted sometimes to think that in the midst of life's problems and difficulties, the broken legs, the sprained ankles, the financial problems, problems at work, problems in the family, we're tempted to thank God that you're nowhere around and that you've forgotten about us. But God, your word declares that you are with us and that we have your favor. We pray, oh God, that you would help us to live as a people who are grateful to you and express our gratitude to you by blessing the people around us. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name that we be a people who bless others. And so, God, we thank you right now. Thank you for your word that tells us how to live because... We are so ignorant. We are so stupid. We really are self-centered people. We so often get it wrong. We thank you, God, for showing us how to live. Help us, Lord, to speak blessings upon the people in our lives. When we go to the restaurant, when we go to work, the gas station, at the department store, at superstore, in our marriage with our kids, Help us, Lord, to pronounce blessings and not curses. Help us, O oh God, 
to give a smile instead of an angry look. Help us, O oh God, to help us to give a soft and kind word rather than a harsh reply. Help us, O oh God, to let that person in in traffic. Help us, O oh God, to give thanks to be a people who truly bless others. And we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and grant you peace. And everyone said it. Amen. Before you go, can I ask everybody here, would you go and bless at least three people? Tell them I love you. Tell them I appreciate you. If you're daring, give them a holy kiss. (laughs) If you're not so daring, go and bless the people in your life. Amen? God bless you.